Welcome to the Watchman Channel. This channel is all about world news and Bible prophecy, pointing to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am asking that if you can, to please help to financially support this ministry. If you feel led to pledge any amount of money, it would be extremely helpful and greatly appreciated. There is a PayPal link in the description box and in my pinned comment below. You can also donate using Cash App. My cash tag is dollar sign watchman 1963 thank you all so much for your prayers and support god bless they might be small but insects rule the planet they make up over two-thirds of the world's 1.5 million known animal species they're also responsible for pollinating three-quarters of global crops while forming the backbone of our food chain Despite their numbers, insects may be in trouble. Scientists estimate 40% of insect species are in decline and a third are endangered. A United Nations report released Monday says nearly half of the world's migratory species are declining in population. According to the first ever State of the World's Migratory Species report prepared by the UN Environment Programme, about 44% of migratory species worldwide and more than a fifth of some 1,200 species monitored by the UN, are threatened with extinction. Overexploitation and habitat loss due to human activities are cited as the main reasons. The report added that the biggest concern is the threat to migratory fish, with 97% of known species on the brink of extinction. Hosea 4, 1-3 Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish. And also the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, and even the fish of the sea are taken away. God is judging the world in these last days the same way he judged Israel in Hosea 4.3. The prophet Hosea tells us the reasons God judged Israel. No faithfulness or steadfast love, no knowledge of God in the land, Swearing, bearing false witness, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. Jesus said, as a sign of his coming and the end of the age, there would be an increase in deception, false Christ who will deceive many, wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, Christian persecution, apostasy, false prophets, and lawlessness causing the love of many to grow cold. Jesus said all of these signs would come like birth pains. Jesus was likening last day's events to a woman in labor. As the labor progresses, the pains increase in both frequency and intensity until the baby finally comes. As we get closer to Jesus' return, all the signs he gave us as a sign of his coming and the end of the age will become more frequent and more intense. All of these signs are manifesting around the world in our time. John 15, 18-20 If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Here at home, advocates for religious freedom are dealing with an uptick in threats and providing legal and media resources to people and institutions of faith. CBN's Heather Sell shows us why this protection is critical in the face of lawsuits, vandalism, and smear campaigns. 
So often Christians and other people of faith feel really besieged right now. Religious Freedom Institute President Eric Patterson and other advocates no longer just concentrate on persecution overseas. That is because of growing threats against all faiths here at home. They feel besieged by neo-Marxism, by wokeism, by the sexual orientation and gender ideologies that seem to be pressing a, a new view that nothing is real, there's no male, there's no female. The Bible teaches us not to follow after philosophers and deceivers of the world. As we read in Colossians 2.8, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. As we watch world events unfold, it is as if we are all watching the same movie. Yet at the same time, Christians and unbelievers are seeing two separate stories. Christians are watching world events unfold, just as the Bible said it would, right before Jesus returns. Christians long for Christ's return, as we are looking forward to the day He rules and reigns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We look forward to a day when there will be no more lawlessness, a time of peace and harmony with all creation. Unbelievers, on the other hand, are trying to create their own utopian society, where lawlessness runs unchecked and every kind of evil is thought to be good. Christians have been given the Spirit of God as a gift, as we read in 1 Corinthians 2, 12-16. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, speaking of the unsaved, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul goes on to say this in Galatians 6-7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. The unsaved are doing the desires of their father the devil, as we read in John 8:44. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. The reality at the end of these two stories also have different outcomes. The prophet Daniel put it succinctly, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Which do you choose, everlasting life? or shame, and everlasting contempt. It's up to you, eternity with God, or eternity in the lake of fire. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Attacks include legal fights, hostile legislation, workplace backlash, and vandalism. The Religious Freedom Institute reports criminals attacked more than 60 pro-life organizations following the Supreme Court's decision that ended Roe v. Wade. It also points to attacks against Catholics and a dramatic spike in U.S. anti-Semitism since the October 7th Hamas massacre, adding to this perfect storm an aggressive cancel culture and expanding government power. Here's the basic model. It is using the power of the state, whether in an unelected human rights commission, as they're so-called in Colorado, 
or using a new interpretations of federal code, as we've seen with Title IX. At the heart of many attacks, a belief that expression of faith should be limited. What you will often hear is, oh, it's okay for you to worship. There's freedom to worship, which means you can do that behind closed doors at home, as long as you don't offend me. The key word here is offense. Certainly, as Christians, we're not to go out of our way to offend anyone personally. But the truth is, the Christianity itself is offensive, as we read in Second Peter 2, 7 and 8. 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. As Christians, we need to be diligent and not get caught up in the emotionally charged responses of today's PC culture. We need to chuck our emotions out the window, no matter how hard that may be, and obey God rather than man, as we read in Acts 5.29. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Attorney Bernadette Broyles, president of the Child and Parental Rights Campaign, helps pastors and faith-based leaders seeking ministry and legal help for a wide range of situations. Many revolve around gender. Her group's new Church Transgender Guide offers ministries advice, including a close look at governing documents. It is far better to embrace your, a biblical worldview and to document that and to be unapologetic about that, that is far more protective legally in the long run. In this political season, Patterson says, look for candidates who argue for protection of faith and conscience for all. Brothers and sisters, persecution is here. Believers in Jesus Christ believe in the authority of the Bible. We believe homosexuality is a sin and marriage is between one man and one woman. We believe in the sanctity of life and that abortion is murder and is a sin. We believe God created us male and female, and it is a sin to identify as a transgender. We believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, and that believing in any other way will send a person to hell. Get yourself spiritually prepared, because true Christians will be persecuted like no other time in history. This persecution will be based off of what the world perceives to be moral and right, and not what the Bible says. The sad thing is, that many people who profess to be Christ followers will go the way of the world. These professing Christians are called lukewarm in the book of Revelation and are not saved. The world will persecute true Christians, and Scripture tells us the lukewarm Christians will persecute them as well, as we read in Matthew 24, 9 and 10. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Many who professed faith in Jesus as the Messiah in easier times would deny him and cooperate in exposing those who are true believers. The external hatred from the world puts all true believers in Christ under pressure. This in turn produces internal hatred among the professing Christian community during the tribulation. When the pressure comes, those who are not genuine believers will do three things. Fall away, deliver up one another, and hate one another. Matthew 24, 9 and 10 lay out a future time of great persecution for true believers in Jesus. Many in the church will avoid this persecution by betraying fellow disciples in Christ to the persecutors. Persecution is here. Brothers and sisters, put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10-18 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Firefighters are desperately working to contain those massive wildfires that have killed at least two people. Jason Allen from CBS Texas is outside Amarillo with the latest. The Smokehouse Creek Fire is now the largest in Texas history and has burned more than one million acres since Monday. It looked like Armageddon. It looked like the end of the world. In Fritch, Ryan Hightower says she and her family almost didn't make it out of their house in time. We no longer got off of our street that the entire street was engulfed. So in a matter of seconds. Hightower returned to this. Her home is among dozens that burned to the ground just in Fritch. And the danger is not over yet as firefighters continue to battle the flames helped temporarily by snow and freezing temperatures. My three-year-old, this would be her bedroom. Tyler McCain and his family are still trying to figure out what's next after their trailer home burned down. I want house. You want your house? That was his three-year-old daughter's teary reaction to the sad news. And that pain, shared by so many here, now facing a tremendous task ahead. It's heartbreaking, not just for me and my family, but all the other families <laughs> that have lost. We're a tight community, and I know we're going to pull through this. It's just going to take time. Psalm 917. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. This morning, a fiery nightmare sweeping through Texas, where smoke-filled skies and flame-torched prairies are rewriting history in the state's panhandle. The Smokehouse Creek fire swelling to more than a million acres, scorching an area large enough to stretch from New York to Philadelphia. From above, the devastation even more jarring. Many homes now smoldering piles of rubble and huge swaths of farmland left charred and blackened. Smokehouse Creek, the biggest of four active fires in the state's vast panhandle, where many just had minutes to evacuate. People didn't really have time to grab anything. No, they didn't have time. There's people lost everything. Paul Blankenship now facing unthinkable loss. His mother Joyce killed after flames swallowed her home. I wasn't able to get in there to her. Another woman killed after authorities say a fast-moving fire overtook her truck. Outside Canadian Texas at the family-run Mendota Ranch, owner Jason Abraham did his best to save what he could. The view from his helicopter, grim. The majority of his 26,000-acre spread scorched. I flew my helicopter for eight hours yesterday and never saw green grass. Abraham joined other ranchers fighting the flames from the air. We're going to be running out of water here pretty soon. But drops of water could only do so much to slow an ocean of flames. 
We just lost a million acres. All my neighbors are gone. And in Fritch, Texas, a surreal scene of fire and ice with snow blanketing scorched ruins. And snow also an issue farther north. Parts of the Sierra Nevada's about to be hit with up to 5 to 10 feet. Blizzards already clogging roads and causing accidents as the country continues to cope with the wild late winter weather. It looks like Armageddon. It looks like the end of the world. Psalm 107, 33 and 34. He turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Italy's southern region of Sicily is battling one of the worst droughts in almost 20 years. Following months of little rain due to the climate crisis, the region has recently declared a state of emergency, with drinking water being rationed for the first time across several cities in the winter season. Water levels at this lake outside Palermo have experienced a drastic drop. Authorities have described the situation as really serious. They say hundreds of families could run out of water in the next few months unless a new rationing plan is implemented as soon as possible. With such low levels of water available, administrations dread having to choose between providing it to local residents or farmers. In the book of Job, chapter 37, 5 through 13, we learn that God controls the weather. God thunders marvelously with his voice. He does great things which we cannot comprehend. For he says to the snow, fall on the earth, likewise to the gentle rain and the heavy rain of his strength. He seals the hand of every man that all men may know his work. The beasts go into dens and remain in their lairs. From the chamber of the south comes the whirlwind and cold from the scattering winds of the north. By the breath of God ice is given and the broad waters are frozen. Also with moisture he saturates the thick clouds. He scatters his bright clouds and they swirl about being turned by his guidance that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Correction is the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means, literally, a stick for punishing, writing, fighting, ruling, walking, etc. Job 37.13 can be translated like this. He causes it to come, whether for punishment, or for his land, or for mercy. God controls the weather for three reasons. For punishment, for his land, or for mercy. The extreme weather we have been witnessing is clearly punishment. We begin this half hour in the Middle East in an early morning stampede Thursday on aid trucks in North Gaza. More than 100 Palestinians died. Paul Strand has more in our top story. The White House labeled the deadly incident caught on camera by Israeli military drones tremendously alarming and called for an investigation. It appears most who died were crushed by a crowd rushing the trucks or were run down as those trucks, driven by Gazans, began to flee the mob scene. In a separate incident, a few Gazans were apparently shot as a large crowd charged toward Israeli soldiers nearby. A U.S. aid official immediately criticized Israel. Desperate civilians trying to feed their starving families should not be shot at. But an Israeli military spokesman talked of Gazans being killed by their own neighbors, not the IDF. Thousands of Gazans dispensed upon the trucks. Some began violently pushing and even trampling other Gazans to death, looting the humanitarian supplies. Hagari says in the midst of much chaos, shots fired by IDF soldiers were only meant to disperse an angry mob and were never aimed at stopping the aid reaching Gazans. No IDF strike was conducted towards the aid convoy. The American Jewish Committee Global Voice reported of the more than 100 killed, 
Fewer than 10 were shot. Reports continue to say Hamas is hijacking much of the aid. Meanwhile, ever more hungry, desperate Gazans are still camping out along aid routes. This man saying, quote, I can't wait till my child dies from famine. In Beirut, Lebanon, an angry mob demanded more aid be allowed to reach Gazans, blaming Egypt for holding up more than 2,000 aid trucks near the Rafah crossing. This protester said, quote, we will not allow Gaza to starve. We will not allow further genocide to occur. In the latest terrorist attack in Israel, a 57-year-old rabbi and a 16-year-old hitchhiker were shot dead in Samaria Thursday by a Palestinian Authority policeman turned terrorist. He shot uh, um, two of our residents where they were as they were here in the gas station. One of our residents came from a, a hummus shop right here and killed the terrorists. Amid all this, the Israeli military is carrying out its mission against Hamas, reporting that it's now killed 13,000 terrorists in the war in Gaza. Meanwhile, it appears talks to free hostages held in Gaza remain stalled. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel will free them one way or another. Thanks to the combination of military pressure and tough negotiations, we succeeded in returning alive 112 of our hostages. We're determined to return them all. With or without an outline, we will fight until total victory. Intense Russian shelling and artillery attacks hit the Donetsk region. Russian forces launched S-300 missiles against residential areas in Koshniavtika, causing building damage but no victims. As the fighting continues, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said on Thursday that if Ukraine loses, NATO will fight Russia, a comment labeled as irresponsible by Russian Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov. Meanwhile, President Vladimir Putin in Moscow has denied claims that Russia has plans to deploy nuclear weapons in space. The funeral for Alexei Navalny is underway. Reporters and their allies paying their respects to Putin's fiercest critic, who died last month in a Siberian prison. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin throwing down the gauntlet over Ukraine, saying the West will face a nuclear conflict if they put troops in to help Ukraine. Strategic nuclear forces are in a state of full readiness for use. We remember the fate of those who sent their contingents to the territory of our country. Now the consequences for the potential interventionists will be much more tragic. Retired four-star General Jack Keane. General, he loves talking about nuclear war every six weeks. To me, this is in response to what Macron said of France, and maybe NATO should put some troops in there to help out the Ukrainians. What do you think the big picture is? I think Putin continues to brandish the use of nuclear weapons because it works. I mean, it's the reason why the Biden administration took a knee on not providing advanced weapons when the Ukrainians began to ask for them in the first year of the war. It's because the policymakers feared Russian escalation. That's the, that's the reality that we're facing. So that kind of worked. Why wouldn't he keep brandishing it? Of course he's going to. He's, of course he's going to do it. And what that, what they would fear about Macron's statement about, about providing troops, quote unquote, he would fear French air power. The F-16s are coming to Ukraine this year. The Europeans will be providing them as well. And that's going to begin to be a game changer and make Russian ground forces uh, very vulnerable and also military targets in Crimea very vulnerable. Putin is dead set on expanding beyond Ukraine 
into NATO countries, to bring those countries back in Eastern Europe into the Russian Empire. Why do we know that or how do we know that? He keeps telling us this. As he told it's us, no he, he was very concerned about Ukraine and he wanted to bring it back into the Russian Empire. Let's take him at his word and let's respond accordingly. It seems as though we are on the verge of World War III. Jesus told us in the last days there would be war between the nations. Are we seeing the stage setting taking place to fulfill this prophecy? If so, then we're close to the time Jesus refers to as the worst time in the history of the world as we read in Matthew 24:21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. If we are that close to the tribulation, then the world is about to see war the likes of this planet has never seen before. The book of Revelation tells us when Jesus breaks the first seal, the Antichrist will be unleashed. When Jesus breaks the second seal, war will be unleashed. Resulting from these wars will be famine, pestilence, and death as Jesus breaks the third and fourth seals. The Bible tells us 25% of the population of the earth will be killed at this time, as we read in Revelation 6-8. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed with him, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. The population of the world is roughly 8 billion, meaning 2 billion people will die during this time. The remaining 17 judgments of God include devastating earthquakes, cosmic disturbances, scorching heat, meteors, 100-pound hailstones, volcanic eruptions, loathsome sores on those who take the mark of the beast, the seas, rivers, and springs of water turn to blood, demons torturing mankind, and a 200 million strong demonic army who will kill another third of mankind, bringing the total to 4 billion. The signs of Jesus' soon return are so strong now, and the evidence is so clear that any person willing to accept the truth can see that the end of the world, as we know it, is near. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. These are the ABCs of salvation. A. Admit that you're a sinner. B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and God raised him from the dead. C. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Jesus paid the price for mankind's sin. He has provided a way to spend eternity with Him and the Father. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. God has already done all the work. All you must do is receive, in faith, the salvation God offers. Fully trust in Jesus alone as the payment for your sins. Believe in Him, and you will not perish. God is offering you salvation as a gift. All you have to do is accept it. Jesus is the only way of salvation. That being said, we must repent of our sins. While repentance is not a work that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. It is impossible to truly and fully change your mind without that causing a change in action. In the Bible, repentance results in a change in behavior. Repentance, properly defined, is necessary for salvation. One day, Jesus is coming. You may be at church. You may be at work. 
you may be asleep. God grant that you will be ready when he makes his personal appearance. My God, what if his appearance occurs on a Sunday morning? My prophetic word to you this morning is get ready, get ready! Time is short. Call upon the name of Jesus today.